Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Power to Perform podcast. I'm your host, Allie Mallory, and I'm the Clinical Administrative Specialist at PHP, and I have my master's in sport and performance psychology. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Dr. Mac Brown and Charlotte Whitaker. I'll let you both reintroduce yourselves quickly. Hi, I'm Charlotte Whitaker. I'm a senior um, in school, and I play on the CU women's basketball team. And I'm Dr. Mac Brown. I have been at PHP for almost three years. I'm the assistant director and training coordinator, and I'm a clinical and sports psychologist. Great. Thank you both for being here again. Uh, last week, we introduced the topic of grief and had a really great discussion on it, and we're going to continue that today. And so, Charlotte, uh, my first question is, what are different coping techniques you found helpful when processing your grief? Um, I think there's a lot of different techniques I found. I didn't necessarily find them quickly after I went through the process of grief. I think it's really almost a trial and error thing of what really makes you happy and it's very individual. Um, I think the first one that um, I started with was understanding that my emotions were okay and what I was feeling and the um, the process of grief and the different kind of levels of grief. So the anger and the sadness and um, the the shock and all that kind of stuff, it you know came at different times and it was not necessarily going to be in a certain order. Um, and you didn't know how long that time was going to be when you felt that emotion. So I think understanding my emotions, um, knowing that it was okay to, to cry and let it out and be upset, um, I think that's a huge one. Um, and... I think the other one for me was I was a bit reluctant at first, but definitely um, seeing like a counsellor. I think that was really helpful in my process. Um, I didn't necessarily, <laughs> uh, you know, want that idea of it because I think I'm the type of person that always has to carry, you know, stuff myself. And I've kind of always held pride to that. And so being able to open up to someone was a very scary step for me, but I think it was very um necessary and my process of you know going through grief and learning how to deal with that mm. well and something I know we talked about in the first podcast was about naming things to tame them and mm. part of why therapy can be so beneficial for folks is because you're verbalizing your experiences and your mm. feelings and sometimes just talking about them helps connect the reality of them and because you're hearing yourself speak to it out loud to someone else who's bearing witness um, that's where the really transformative power to that process can occur um, but that's also what makes it kind of scary because then you're like oh I'm saying it and therefore it's out into the world and therefore it is real mm -hmm. um, it's a really big step and it's a really powerful one too and right like sometimes it is something that oh I'm feeling this. Do I really want to talk about it? Do I really right, want to make it right. that much more <laughs> pronounced? Yeah. And sometimes that's what's needed to move through. And I also just want to say that I really appreciate you naming that the grief process. I feel like in social media or in like uh, movies and mm -hmm. TV shows and stuff, they always portray it as this linear process mm -hmm. with the five stages of grief. And once you move through them, you're done. And yeah. that is not the way that works. Right. <laughs> you can repeat multiples. They mm -hmm. are not going in the same order all the time, et cetera. You might not go through all of them. Um, so I just want to kind of debunk that myth yeah. that right. it looks one particular <laughs> linear way, especially yeah. as athletes. We really like the concrete tangibles. You do the workout, you yep. get this result. <laughs> Grief doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, it's very 
kind of all over the place and I think that's hard for a, a lot of people to understand is because it's so out of your control mm-hmm. um, and I think that's really hard when you don't have control over something and it's kind of like you just got to go with it and whatever you feel you feel but I think like the acknowledgement part is really important um, I think another thing for me and this is you know very something that I've experienced as an individual and then I think as friends, family or, you know, co-workers or anything of someone who's going through grief, I think really importantly, first and foremost, to be honest. I think going through the process of grief and going through certain experiences in life, um, I think for me, I kind of was frustrated when people would sugarcoat the the topic, um, especially, you know, around my dad and my best friend and especially with such different deaths. Um, I think, you know, one that was very sudden and one that was, you know, she took her own life. And so um, it was very hard to kind of hear people talk about it or not talk about it and sugarcoat the topic for me um, because I thought almost they were saving me from more heartbreak or sadness. And I think it's just really important to understand that just because you, you know, ask someone how they're doing or, you know, you bring um, their name up again of the person they've lost or, um you know, bring up stories and everything. I think we're always so scared to make that person even more upset. Um, and I think it's actually completely the opposite. I think I've really enjoyed people coming up to me and, you know, mentioning, you know, my dad's name again or bring up memories. And it, it really makes you, um, you know, it kind of solidifies the fact that they were, they were, you know, a, part, a big part of my life and they were there and we you know, had memories and it's it's saying, you know, they're still going to be here, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they were a person and acknowledging that. Um, and I think, um, yeah, just trying not to undermine someone's pain because I think that's what I originally would go to when people would, you know, sugarcoat the topic of like, okay, if you're saying, oh, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sorry for this or they just, you know, passed away. It's like, no, you know, they, they died. Like, say it how it is, you know, and and the journey that I've been through because almost you're, you know, undermining my emotions and what I've been through because I know and see it how it is. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's right. Like, you have to see how someone is experiencing their grief and and, the, mm-hmm. and trust the things that they are saying no like I want you to approach it this way because mm-hmm. everyone is going to approach grief differently there might be some people that are like I I can't talk about it and that's mm-hmm. their journey but I really hear you saying that for you it's like we need to just kind of state the facts and what they are and that by doing that it's actually more of a helpful process right. for you versus what I think sometimes happens, which is people's own discomfort and the feelings that they might have, right? If they hear that someone has had a parent die and then if they're having a reaction themselves of like, oh, wow, how would I feel if my parent died? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, And then their discomfort rises, then that might influence how they're choosing to interact versus looking at the person in front of them and being like, well, what do they need? Right. What's going to be helpful to them? Right. I might be having feelings and reactions for myself, but mm-hmm. like if I'm talking to you, I'm like, what do you need? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think all that's really important. I think another thing also is, you know, and I see this around a lot and um, I think it really hits home, especially with my personal experiences with um, mental health and um, especially I think going back to my PTSD and depression and then obviously this kind of, 
um, integrates also with my experience with my best friend um, committing suicide. And I think uh, a lot of people say, you know, when we're going through this, like look out for your friends and look for the signs, notice them struggling and and everything like that. But I think for me, like I was a really good actor, you know, and I knew how to keep things um, below the surface and I knew how to fake it and I knew how to continue to be my positive self because, you know, that was something that one I had to hold on to, but another fact is like I didn't want to share it and I didn't it was almost embarrassing for me Mm -hmm. it was really embarrassing for me to you know admit that I was struggling and admit that maybe I'm not as strong as I thought I was or I want people to know that I am um so I think instead of being you know reactive to seeing people struggling we need to be proactive you need to ask earlier you need to ask especially the ones that really aren't talking or seem fine I think everybody needs to get asked that question a lot um and just really make sure to check up on people but I think that's also a really important like takeaway I've gotten from my experience yeah like expanding your awareness to the well-being of others Mm. and not that being prompted by oh I now notice these signs and symptoms or these events Mm -hmm. that have happened in your life and therefore now I am concerned about you like my hope is that we can just be humans to one another like see the humanity and that all of us have challenges and that we may or may not know when those are occurring and instead of trying to put the puzzle pieces together just asking right and and uh acknowledging that we all are living our experiences and that comes with some really fun things and Mm -hmm. some positive things and it comes some with some really hard and challenging things too and in all of the years that I've been doing the work um, on this side of the fence as a therapist, like the trainings and education specifically around like suicide prevention is that mm. we can provide that, you know, here are signs, here are symptoms, here are things to be aware of. And not everyone's going to show that if right. that is something that might take place where mm-hmm. they die by suicide. So mm-hmm. I don't like, it's not something that you can have, a set plan for this is the way that you will always be able to support someone right right I think that's yeah that's definitely really important I think another thing is um being okay with setting boundaries um I think that was really important in my process especially figuring out what I needed through the grieving process and through my mental health process um you know it's okay to say no to not go to events it's okay to not be wanting to be present in certain, you know, certain events on certain aspects of life at the time because it is your time to grieve and, and fully acknowledge what you've been through and, you know, understanding that it is hard and give yourself some grace, I think, through that process. So I think that was huge for me and it took a while. Mm-hmm. I, you know, still thought, you know, I need to still turn up to everything. I need to, you know, give 100% to everything. And it was also part of the reason why it was also so easy to hide, I think, like, keeping myself busy. Mm -hmm. But I think it is also understanding that you need that time for yourself too and knowing when to, you know, back off of certain aspects of life at the time and be like, no, this this time's for me, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Well, you said something before too, like coping looks different for people. Mm -hmm. And I think it also can look different at different times in that process. And one thing might work temporarily and it might not work to completion. And then you have to adjust and kind of adapt to using maybe a different strategy or a different way um, to meet the needs as they continue to evolve over that process. Yeah, I think the last thing that I'll say on the coping mechanisms 
I think obviously for everybody is very individual, so go find what you need. But I think for me, it was going outside and working out or getting some fresh air. I think that was really important. Um, whether it's by yourself or you want some company, I think just moving your body and and you know understanding that you know your physical body still needs needs too and like it's so good for your mental health mm. to at least you know get up and get out and do something no matter what that looks like um and yeah i think that's really important it was really important for me during my process too yeah some of what you're describing is a strategy that we sometimes recommend which can be like acting opposite if you're feeling really down or like lacking motivation trying to engage in something um to have that kind of sense of success or um like task orientedness can help it doesn't remove it by any means but it can Mm -hmm. be maybe like a small degree of change and that can be very impactful over the long haul Mm -hmm. and right like i think especially as athletes we all probably know that feeling that there's a certain type of processing and um there's a value that we get from moving our bodies mm-hmm. um, not just for the physical well-being, but also for the way that it can allow us to process things during that time. Um, and it isn't the singular answer right. either because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I did that at one point in my life <laughs> and I was like, great, got this. I'm just going to channel all my stuff into triathlon. Great. Yeah. And then years later, it's like, oh no, that's still there. Whoops. Okay. I guess I got to go back yeah. and do some more. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is what it is. Definitely. Well, to simply summarize everything, um, there are so many ways to cope with your grief. And it's just so important to figure out what works best for you. And I like that Mac mentioned it may be it working for you at some point and then it changes. And so just really the importance of checking in with yourself um, daily. So to end it, we're going to end with another quote by Mira Grant. I guess in the end, it doesn't matter what we wanted. What matters is what we chose to do with the things we had. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. 